0: Welcome to Stronger Women Podcast. My name is Elodie. I am your life mentor and fitness coach. I help women to find ways towards a healthier lifestyle, going from implementing fitness, healthy nutrition, and personal development. Depression. Many of us are familiar with it. We all know someone around us who has been struggling with being depressed. Maybe even yourself. In today's podcast, I have the pleasure to invite a very special guest speaker to discuss the matter with a real psychologist, Anaïs Yakini. So first of all, Anaïs, welcome to Stronger Women podcast. I am honored to do my first episode with you. Now, could you introduce yourself to the listeners and share with us how you got into becoming a psychologist? First of
1: all, I want to thank you, Elodie, for inviting me to this beautiful podcast the subject is really important to me, so I'm really glad to be with you here tonight.
2: So, I've always wanted to, to help people. First of all, when I was younger, I wanted to be a pediatrician, then a physiotherapist, then an no osteopath. So, I've always been in love with the well being of people's mind and body. So, after high school, I worked for a year as an animator, always in the continuity of my desire to work with human beings in a social and developmental aspect it was my first experience as a working girl it was really great and actually the day i realized that psychology was something that i wanted to work with i went to a friend's house and i was with two friends of mine and on that day we had a conversation about what would be the next step in my career at this point suddenly. One of my friends told me about the fact that she was taking psychoanalysis courses it wasn't actually the major I was waiting for but talking through it I got like a revelation at this very specific moment God spoke to me and let me understood that psychology was something that I was supposed to do and I wanted to help people by using my life to be deeply useful to others, emotionally and mentally. So I did three years straight of psychology in college, got my license, and I took a little break, went abroad, and when I came back, I finished school and graduated. I'm a social and developmental psychologist. I work with children, teenagers, and adults in the frame of individuals, groups, family, couple therapies or sessions i'm also doing coaching for information on a social or developmental psychology subject i've always been deeply sensitive passionate and compassionate about people willing to listen to them bring the light into them but also and foremost working on bringing out the light from them i've always been interested in human's behavior brains functioning and development and how the environment, with all that it includes, can deeply and significantly impact someone's life, behaviors, skills, and way of thinking. But Elodie, I think it's important that the listeners get to know why you choose to propose this subject. You have been struggling with a serious depression. Can you tell us more about it?
0: Yeah. First, thank you so much for uh, describing your journey. It's thank amazing. You. I can confirm already <laughs> that <laughs> knowing. I mean, let's let's just say to the listeners that uh, Anais is uh, first off a childhood friend, and I can yeah. definitely relate to what she just described here. Yeah. Uh, always wanted to help people. That's that's <laughs> about right. That's yeah. really right. Yeah. And I can, yeah, I can definitely confirm this. And thank you so much for sharing your, yeah, your life journey into becoming a psychologist. It's really cool and super inspiring. It's thank super you. inspiring. Thank you. We need more people like
2: this. this. <laughs> thank
0: and you so much. I just wanted to say to the listeners that forgive our English if it becomes broken. Yeah. Because we're <laughs> two French girls. Be gentle with us. <laughs> All right. So just uh, getting back on depression. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's been a a roller coaster, I would say. Let's say what it is. First, I want to give a quick background about me so that the listeners understand a little bit. So if I can talk about quickly what happened five years ago in 2015, I moved to Sweden from France. Following the love of my life, yeah, my husband that, today. That was
1: actually a really good choice, right? Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. You had, right?
0: Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't regret, but I mean, let's just say it wasn't that easy. You know, it's <laughs> never easy to move from yeah. a, your beloved country, which you didn't know yet you liked, mm-hmm. <laughs> to another one. Yeah, so anyway, moved five years ago here in Stockholm. has been a bit difficult. It was like starting my life from scratch, basically. I think that was the hardest challenge, I was young, I just finished my bachelor degree Mm -hmm. and yeah, it was like, yeah, getting out of my comfort zone again because I I was actually in Sweden already in 2012 for a six-month internship, didn't know shit about English. My English was actually non-existing, just to give you a hint here. like I was coming out of my comfort zone and met my boyfriend, now he's my husband. Back in Congratulations 2012. That thank way. you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Feeling like a real adult here. <laughs> no, but so I've already been out of my comfort zone from that yeah moment because uh, when I moved for my internship in 2012 here in Sweden, I yeah I got introduced to a new language, not Swedish but English because in Sweden people are really good at English. But the thing is, I was basically speaking nothing, so it was really a challenge. And anyway, so the point is here, coming back again in 2015 with my husband, I was like, all right, this is starting from scratch. We lived at his parents and you know, we lived on our own already in France. So it felt like, Oof, this is a setback where everybody is moving forward in their life back in France. I'm, you know, taking a big step back, have to start everything from from scratch. Mm-hmm. So that's that's how I felt. It was really difficult. I think uh, for me. The hardest part part here was the fact that Sweden has a very different culture and mindset. French people, we are so outgoing and, you know, very spontaneous. Let's go for a coffee. (laughs) Let's go out. Uh, And also for me, I had a social sphere, very strong social sphere with with a lot of childhood friends that I was really, really close to. So for me, it was like, okay, so I need to start to find new friends and build everything new Mm -hmm. from scratch. And I was very motivated. I went to the Swedish school yeah. uh, with all the plenty of other immigrants. I was actually pretty funny. I met two friends, three friends of mine over there, also immigrants like me. <laughs> so here the way it works is that people are rather introverts and unspontaneous. So it makes it very difficult to meet. Yeah, it was it was really hard to to find friends, especially because at some point my husband was a lot away from from home for work, so I had to deal with loneliness. And I think for me, as I said, I had a strong social sphere back in France, so this was very difficult. It was a bit new to me, like, oh, I'm alone. Oh, I have no one to, like, hang out with right now. I had to learn to be by myself, and I was already very independent, don't take me wrong, but I think the, the hardest part was, like, being alone and to know you have no one to... I don't know, be like, let's go for coffee. I felt like, ah, oh, shit, this is scary. This is really scary. But I went out there, did a lot of activities, trying to meet new people. It was a bit of a fail, I can say. But then I started to work out again. And yeah, I wanted, I know, I wanted to get back in shape. I got a bit like overweight, but I would say I gained a lot of weight because I used to be a, a gymnast that competed a lot for almost 10 years. Yeah, so I was yeah. like, let's let's get back there. <laughs> And that's, that was a good initiative for you, right? Yeah, it was. So first, I, I started to work out by myself. And then at some point, one of my colleagues was like, Elodie, I know a place. If you, if you like to work out and you like new challenges, let's go. I was like, yeah, okay, yeah. Let's go to your gym. And I went to the gym. I was like, what the fuck is this place? <laughs> People were training like beasts. I was like, whoa, this is scary. I like it. So yeah. I joined. I joined that place. And the reason also why I liked it was like, so many other foreigners we weren't it was a small gym like not many members and it was a small group of personal training with a head coach that was from uh, UK this place became my second family I felt like this is my safe place I I felt like I could be myself I didn't need to pretend I didn't need to I wasn't ashamed to be the French Elodie Mm. because you have to remember I came from a background of Uh, hotel business and tourism that's what i studied that's also what i worked with in the past then here in 2016 a year before starting that gym i actually joined into a complete new environment which was like an office job hey that was so scary guys i can tell you that that feeling of starting a new job that i've never had before an office job where people were so formal so introvert you know like that actually really got me into being scared of being myself because it was like this people like the average joe in the offices those people that of course some people are really fun but people i worked with was only like in my team one girl which i really clicked with she was italian not to say that i don't click with the swedes but of course i can imagine for me not speaking very good swedish like moving in six months in the country it was difficult to bond with a, a Swede because, and maybe because I didn't speak Swedish mostly, I guess. And also because we have very different backgrounds and and culture, so it, definitely why, but it was difficult. So that place in 2017 was the first place where I felt like I'm safe. I can't be me, you know? So I felt like every morning I was working out with, with people at 6.30 a.m., you know, the same bunch. There was the Italian girl. And, the India guy, like I really like the vibe there. Yeah. The we were like a small team and those people, like I said, they really became my second family. And then at some point, so I had yeah, two years of fun every day, six times a week. It really helped me also with dealing with the loneliness because my husband was a lot of way and one day they had to close down. We worked out together for about two years, I, f- I would say two oh, years. Okay. So, two years. yeah. Okay. I think okay. from uh, maybe, maybe I'm wrong actually. Mm-hmm. This was two, th- yeah, two years because I started there in 2017 and they yeah. closed in 2019. 2019, in February, they closed. Oh. I recall when the, the head coach said he was going to close down, like I just couldn't help myself. I went on breakdown. I was like, keep it together, keep your shit together. Yeah. I really hate to show my emotion. I'm that kind of person. I, I, I like to the happy person. I, I like to joke around, but I don't like to show my feelings. I, I it's like that's who, just who I am. And and that's also how I had to be, because back home, I mean that's also the yeah, the the, the shyhood I had with the, yeah, with my father being like, Tough, toughen up, you know, like don't don't be a crying baby. So I think I became a bit like this, like I had to but this time I just couldn't help it. I just went on tears and it was just like my world was falling apart. I was like, what am I going to do? Where am I going to find this second family? And plus, I think the head coach for me became a bit like a father figure, if you want, because my father isn't like the father you wish for. <laughs> so he really became that father figure in a way. I, I cannot explain really why, but... So it, it was a big loss. And I think at that point, I would say this was probably the first trigger point to depression. Yeah. Because so you,
1: after, like you stopped to have all contact with him, even after?
0: The... Yeah, I mean, he moved. I mean, everybody moved on with their life. So that was like a big move, of course, mm-hmm. like then is that's a new life for them. And I was really happy for their new life and everything but of course like for us and everyone actually I talk about me but I remember everybody in that gym who actually been training the same group for even longer than I was they were crushed and it was difficult but uh, we decided to move on to a new gym not everybody follows of course it was a big CrossFit gym and we continued to work out together but it wasn't the same of course it was different even though our coach actually provided us with the program that we could follow. It was fun and I had a fun workout partners, and but of course it wasn't the same. I think for me, it was like, okay, I, on weekend I started to feel like pff, not in control with my emotion. I was breaking down a little bit. I was crying a lot. I didn't feel good. And then it went worse and worse. Every weekend I would spend alone would be a weekend where I would start to feel I have anxiety and a lot of crying. And I think from there, I started to go a little bit on autopilot, isolating a lot myself, didn't want to meet so many friends. The only thing I felt for at this point was more going back to France. Like this was what was in my head. And I was traveling a lot with work to France, actually, because I'm an event specialist. So that's the thing. At the end of the day, I think I was only looking for what's coming after. I wasn't yeah. living here now. I was like, yeah. oh my God, I cannot wait. That day I'm going to go to France. It's going to go so much better. I was just focusing on that. That together with the fact that I was struggling with the culture, being feeling like uh, having an identity crisis with myself and feeling like, do I want to be in Sweden? Really? The only reason why right now I want to be in Sweden is, is for my husband. I, I feel so out of place here. I feel like I cannot be myself and people would not accept me if I were to be myself. So I don't know. It was very difficult. And I went really, I was really on denial about how I actually felt. You know, I was like, it's going to be fine. I'm going to do this next vacation, next. And then it was never like, oh, hello, life is here now, yeah. by the way. Yeah, I, I w- think
1: you didn't have the uh, conscience to think like this, right? mm
0: Definitely not because, of course, I didn't know what was going on really yet. Of course, it helped because at this point in 2019, the year really got busy work-wise. I work uh, by myself with events in a company where I work for. And I had, I don't know, over 120 events. That was just crazy to take care of, of by myself. So it was, of course, that helped. It was like some kind of compensation, but not really conscious one. I was like, I'm fine working, doing and then, I don't know, around a little bit after a trip to France, which was awesome, an awesome holiday as usual. As soon as I go back there, I feel alive. And as soon as I came back, it was like so hard to deal with. I just felt like, whoa, I should have realized like, hello, if you're not feeling good here. Can you start asking yourself questions? Why aren't you feeling good? And anyway, September kicked off in 2019. It got crazy with work. I first, I was having, I started to have insomnia because of the, yeah, the load I had at work. It was just crazy. When, usually when you hit the end of the third quarter, beginning of fourth quarter in events is like the worst pick. So it was really horrible. I was staying longer and longer at the office. And still continue to work out like crazy and waking up every morning 5 a.m. going to a gym that's like the opposite side of the city. It just didn't make sense. I was like, I completely stopped listening to how I felt. It was like, I, I couldn't mm-hmm. feel anything. I could not feel anything. The only thing I could feel was that wave. It would just be yeah. a, a never-ending story. And I just felt comfortable there because I knew the moment I stepped out of it, yeah. it's going to be a slap, basically. So one day I think around by November is usually where I have most major trade shows of the year. This one is the biggest trade shows we had, I had to travel to Paris. When I say large trade show, I'm talking about 15, 20,000 visitors. And it's huge. And there was other trade shows at this point that was also going on elsewhere, but where I didn't travel. It was extremely stressful. I had the weekend. I I traveled a little bit before, like I always do when I go to France. And the weekend, I stay at my mom, enjoy with my friends, and trying to be like, it's going to be fine. We're going to rock this one. And trying to stay chill as I can to move on and and start to work with a full week of a trade show. And already the day I started to, to get there, where to mount the whole booth we have there, it just, I felt so stress the stress level just went sky high I don't know I couldn't really tell why but my emails were my mailbox looked like a mess I had so many late emails I was already so overwhelmed and that really built up something it built up that stress that I really got into and the day of the trade shows I just like I woke up and felt like so weird I couldn't swallow because of how stressed I was I told my colleague who was there I'm sorry I'll I'll not join the breakfast and I felt so bad so stressed then I got there and there was my phone ringing colleagues on other trade shows somewhere else in another country texting me about something they didn't get or I don't know I don't I I can't remember honestly but and then everything just went to shit in the morning the booth didn't look like it was supposed to look like everybody was complaining because i work with mainly sales like yeah sales representative and a lot of them were there this is the biggest trade show we have yearly so it was it just got so stressful and at some point i just got a panic attack i i i started to suffocate and my colleague said okay let's go to the side and she took me aside and i thanks to her, because I I don't know, maybe I would have fainted, I don't know. And then just drop into tears. I just couldn't. My brain was like, it's too much. It's too much. And it was horrible. Three months of insomnia, three months of training like a crazy person, three months of trying not to deal with all the shit that's going on in my head, three months of all this build up together with the workload. And all these responsibilities, deadline, I just couldn't. Yeah. So I checked myself to the hospital, high blood pressure, sky high pulse. And it was just a mess. The verdict of the doctor, of course, you burned out. And I was like, bro, I am 28 years old. Like, what are you talking about? Like, what? no, sorry, not even, yeah. I was 27. So I was like, what is he talking about? What do you mean? I'm burned out. <laughs> I can't do so much. Yeah, I'm not burned out. I'm not that I'm yeah. tired, but I'm not burned out. And then anyway, went back. So of course, I had to call my boss that day because as this went on, I was not able to work at all. So I had to call it off and go back to my mom. And I, from there, it was horrible. I felt like shit. I was ashamed. Ashamed because everybody know at work I'm a high achiever. Now I'm the burned out girl. What the hell? I didn't want that to, to be. It wasn't me. That's not me. And I just didn't want that. So I called my boss crying, telling him, I can't do this anymore. And, you know, I'm, I'm not able to. This is too much. And, of course, he understood. Who didn't understand? Like a girl that works with 120 events yearly alone. Yeah. No doubt you freaking burned out. Now I think back, I'm like, what, girl? Yes. <laughs> but anyway, so symptoms of uh, burnout. Went back to Sweden, saw the doctor, he was like, all oh, right, you're like that's it. We, you're on leave and I was like
1: your, your, like, your body, your body, and your brain had to tell you to stop.
0: Mm-hmm. It was not your decision. It was like, okay, you can't do it anymore. Like yes, yeah. it wasn't up to me exactly. Yeah, you said it yeah. exactly. It well, it just my body was like, no, we got to stop all this because this yes. is way too much. Yes. And yes. I, I've seen it coming, of course. But when you don't know, you don't know, mm-hmm. right? And we'll talk about. That more, I guess, but it's often the people that are very much high achievers that actually are touched by burnout. So anyway, back to Sweden, long sick leave. The guy said, you're going to do therapy. I was like, what? excuse me, what? What are you talking about? Yeah, therapy with a psychologist. This was the scariest word he said just there. I was like, me? What do you mean? A How therapy?
1: How was your
0: feeling when you told me that? I just felt, I don't know, it was a mix between like shame yeah. and like, but this is not for me. I don't need that. And in a way, somewhere back in my head, yeah, girl, that's exactly what you need. So I was like shared between this like feeling of being ashamed of just what happened of like me getting a complete breakdown and all this stuff like also to feel like no 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 like hello this is a wake-up call you just have to do it and i realized i have dealt with a lot of childhood trauma and i felt like yeah you know what let's not be close-minded here if the doctor thinks you need help let's do it but of course that other part of myself the ego talking be like we don't need what are you talking about like me mm-hmm. therapy are you crazy i'm saying i'm good i'm a normal person i'm not like your i don't need uh, psychiatric help but honestly today i can tell you this was the best thing that ever happened in my freaking life <laughs> amen. amen i am so yeah
1: grateful and actually you realize that it's, that it's not for crazy, insane people. Oh, no, Yeah.
0: At all. yeah. Actually, anyone can go for therapy. It's just open a little bit your mind and it's fine. It's not gonna, it doesn't make you of somebody sick. No, far from this. I think whatever small trauma, whatever thing you feel, you should talk about your relationship. I don't know. I just realized how useful it became. And I'm so grateful. I've done today in 2021, I'm meeting my therapist for basically a year been a year of therapy and i yeah. can tell you guys best thing ever <laughs> you know? yeah. don't be like i don't you know no therapy and like. actually
1: you did a great job like she helped you i think like the way you talk about things now it's like you have an objectivity of all what I ha- what happened so you did like an amazing job for to have a perspective about everything happened to you like
0: this is yeah really- I think so. I mean, of course, I'm not gonna say it was easy. I mean, let's put things in context. I was on sick leave. It was very hard because suddenly I was not busy anymore. Oh, suddenly I had to deal with all the thoughts I was having. And this was so scary. I went on total meltdown in the beginning, crying every day. I couldn't even look at myself in the mirror. I couldn't even, even go outside. Like going outside or going to the gym as I try to go sometimes was the most difficult thing of the day. And I just realized like, what the fuck? I'm under the ground right now. What is happening with myself? Like even just eating was to hard. Bed,
1: or just take a shower.
0: Yeah. Or yeah. like having a proper night of sleep. This was not possible. Everything just felt of, stressful. What kind of thoughts you were feeling at this time? I think I would say at some point, where I just felt so deep down, mm-hmm. I started to have weird thoughts. If I wasn't on this surf, like, why would that change? You know what I mean? I might need it here. I recall one day taking a walk, and in Stockholm, I mean, I was trying to, like, still, I'm that kind of person that even when I feel to my worst, I'll still try to always push. And I was like, okay, let's go, Elodie. Mm-hmm. Let's take, put your AirPods on, put a podcast about. Actually, I was listening a lot of uh, therapy podcast because Mm -hmm. I was feeling like I need help right now deeply need help and I took those walks an hour sometime longer and I just recall passing by this bridge and just looking down and see shit is quite high if somebody would jump here I wonder if the person would die but it's like this unconscious you you Mm. don't want to accept that you're actually thinking of suicide but you know your brain is trying to not make you believe that that's actually what you're thinking of. My brain was fooling me a little bit, but I knew in deep in myself how bad I felt and yeah. how relevant it became for me to start to have those thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a horrible journey. I have you to keep everything in, your, in like for yourself, or you talk about it with
1: friends and friends,
0: or mm-hmm. with hot, with it was good you asked, Yeah definitely first i had my first session with the therapist starting the year very difficult very overwhelming i came out of there i felt like i went for a four hours marathon i was so tired sharing all i had in there of course and now it wasn't even long enough but of course my my husband really helped in the process i think he's been the most supporting person I'm a person I don't share. I'm, I already told you this. You want to talk about <laughs> yeah. your problem? Yeah, I'm damn, I'm here. I, I'm here for you. We can discuss. I like to laugh. I like to share when things are good. But when it comes to my problems, yeah, <laughs> that's not, I'm not your girl anymore. Like then, it's so. <laughs> yeah. like, what? Sorry, you talked my problem? No, I'm good. You know, like always that person that never wants to show somehow her weak side of course it's not your weak side everybody's human Some day you're good someday you're bad but I never even today with my friends this is a challenge i share, share your
1: emotions how you oh yeah feel.
0: Okay. yeah I'm really bad at it I'm bad at it and I think of course when you move away from your loved one it's difficult because you don't want to call them to tell them I'm desperate I need somebody a shoulder to cry on You don't want to call them like that. Exactly. You don't want people to realize that shit, she's away and plus she's feeling horrible. I didn't want people also to feel sorry for myself. And it's like, but where is that ego coming from? What the heck? If they are my friends, of course, they're always there to listen. And I know they are. They are never judging me. They never did. And they will never do. I don't know why I became that person that had so hard to share with her friends. But it just became that way. I was only speaking to my husband, who I'm so grateful was there. It was the best support you can have, very patient, because we're going to talk about it more, Anais. But yeah. I mean, patience yeah. is definitely is the key to it. Yeah, it's
1: important to have someone you can call your feelings and just a person who can have your back and just
0: who you
1: can talk. Mm. But actually, some people are alone. So, yeah, we got, we're going to talk.
0: About. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, I just wanted to, yeah, like dare to say that it's been difficult starting the therapy. I also was in the middle of a life crisis slash family crisis slash everything (laughs) crisis. It was very difficult. I had uh, to struggle with my relationship with my father back home and a lot of other things that happened at the same time. So I think the therapist was there at the exact right moment yeah you did good to go check like to go to your to my doctor yeah to your doctor and talk to him about it that was yeah. very important somebody forced you to do that or you, you no technically here in sweden you can be on a sick leave without going to the doctor for about a week i believe and then if you need a further extended if you of course need to provide a, uh, a paper. The good okay. thing is my work actually had a private insurance which oh. gave access to a private doctor, okay. which gave access to a really good therapist. So okay. I think on that level, I was also very lucky. Yeah, yeah, you,
1: you, were, you were, Wow, thank you, thank you for sharing all of these, like your, your story about like where you live, and I think so many can, actually relate to your story. And uh, it's worth to be mentioned, actually. So you look good, thank you for sharing your story. Yeah, so I heard there were like different phases you went through, like the realization, and the point where you could be a professional environment, your relationship, the personal trauma you had, the social environment. Actually, you had, for you, it was like the professional environment was the trigger right yeah Uh, yeah and also the personal trauma actually Um, yeah i think it was both and relationships actually because you were road and Mm -hmm. like disconnect to your friends and friends say all the things were the triggers for you so you realized that you
0: were really down when you when you
1: were to the doctor right
0: yes i think i knew i was bad but yeah But you hear it like to have somebody tell this is a burnout like yeah you're not fine of course that was like oh yeah. yeah so you you okay so you
1: were <laughs> like you, you
0: were denying
1: this right yeah shame you feel like a, scared to accept the situations and it was really a shocking news for you emotionally to oh. accept that right you talk about Sadness to talk about suicidal thoughts. Were you angry about the situation, and you, were you angry to took to the decision to go away? And what kind of feelings
0: actually you had at this time? I, I think for me it was a mixed yeah. feeling. I would say, first of all, I was frustrated yeah. because, of course, I loved my work, no doubt. I, I want to be at work, but as I said earlier, I knew I couldn't be there and I just couldn't accept it in the beginning. I was sad, I was in a distress, you know, situation where I felt like this is horrible. Something also that that came up was that I isolated myself at that point a lot. When I talk about isolation, I'm also talking about something I didn't mention earlier was that I went off social media completely from one day to another I used to be bored guys you gotta understand I like to share on social media because I have yeah I don't have much here going on you know <laughs> like, I like social media for that sense I also I think it's cool because my friends can see what I'm doing I can yeah. see what they're doing there and you know like this and my brother who also lives in New York for 10 years now social media became like my thing because basically everyone that used to be close are super far away from me that's pretty much the deal And for me, ghosting social media, I just couldn't even go there. I was like, no, no, I I can't. I can't. I feel like I need to to take a break. I need to take a break. I cannot handle anything right now.
1: And this was during the time you were not working, right?
0: That's right. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. That's pretty much, yeah, it uh, it happened during my C-clip.
1: Yeah. Okay. For how long, actually?
0: Uh, very shortly after the incident at work, I would say, I don't know, 10 days after the happening, I was like, I cannot do this. I cannot be on social media right now. You know why also I feel like something weird, but I felt ashamed to be there because suddenly I was that girl that was proning. the yeah, you got to work hard, train. I was that girl. I was the, the girl that felt like work hard, work hard. That's my motto. Like you got to work harder and harder. But the thing is, I just felt like a liar I was like, hello, I just got a burnout, you know, but mm. I'm just telling you is bullshit. And yeah, so that's why that's why I realized mm, Okay, let's take a break. A long break. I would tell you the break on social media was maybe, I don't know, from November, I think I returned to social media, maybe end of March, early April or something. Yeah. It was really long. And that was the that long part where I felt really bad.
1: Okay. So
0: yeah, so when did you start to accept your situation and share this situation with people actually? With people? Yeah. I took yeah, I said I think on social media when I returned I told people I had a depression, I come back from a a long journey. But of course I was not ready to expose the details. I think, I, of course, coming back to work, which I did very quickly, because financially, I felt like I don't want to struggle financially. I can't struggle financially right now. Uh, Being on sick leave and have to be paid on a sick leave. So that's not at all the same salary. You're losing like 1,000 euros on your salary. Uh, I didn't want that and I couldn't afford it. So I had to return, not because I wanted, but because I had to. Yeah. Yeah. And that was hard. And actually, COVID saved me. Because uh, when you work with events, you I can tell yeah, hey, hello, this COVID. COVID was a blessing for me, guys. I'm sorry to tell you. And of course, it's horrible because so many people lost lives and you guys must have lost a lot of relatives. And I'm sorry, but I think in a way, COVID was the realization point of my life. Yeah. It, for so many reasons, which I can talk about later. But what I want to say is that also, in that sense, when you return, you burn out. You can't do shit. I returned. There was a billion emails in my mailbox. You know, I was like, why didn't I just return 50%? Even my therapist said, I think it's not a good idea. You should return progressively. Try to come back maybe at 30%. Then you come back 50%. Then you mm. try 75 and see. And even my boss proposed it to me at the time. But I was like, no, I can't. Or I said, I'm fine. Of course. But yeah, I think at the time, COVID saved me because, of course, going from 120 or I think we had 110 events scheduled for 2020 to uh, basically nothing. Everything got cancelled. So yeah. for me, it was good because then, of course, I could focus on other things like processes, and that's not stressful for a second. So COVID saved yeah. me in that sense, and that I actually, could work and not feel stressed. To
1: learn how to live in the present moment. Mm-hmm. So
0: Yes.
1: Yeah. yeah um, was, totally. So, yeah. To so summarize, like the different phases during depression, actually, it's the, so there is the realization. First of all, denial, emotional shock, and then all the feelings you talk about, like anger, sadness, fear, distress, isolation, like, and then acceptance, by being able to express yourself to others, to yourself and focusing on yourself. Mm-hmm. So the COVID thing actually helped to focus on yourself. So yeah, who you are, what do you like, what makes you happy, what makes you like, Learn to know more yourself, actually.
0: For sure. And find people yeah. that
1: remind you who you are at this point. Like, this was a good period to, when we see things in that perspective.
0: Yeah. And I have to mention why, actually. Because here in Sweden, we never had a lockdown or anything. Yeah. But talking about why COVID actually made me realize so many things was that, at that point, I mentioned to you that I had family crisis. Yeah. So I worked from home, from France, at my mom. and. This was crazy because, you know, we were like, I recall that one weekend with friends, we're out. And suddenly they're like, we're like, ah, oh, come on, COVID, it's okay. Other countries are starting to talk about yeah this like lockdown. We didn't believe it. And it happened literally. In four days, we were on lockdown, on a strict lockdown. You weren't allowed to go out. You had to fill out some kind of paper to go out and grocery. It was crazy. The world is changing. But suddenly what happened then in my head, I was like, oh Whoa, a month being stuck at home, working from home. But what do I do else in my time when I'm finished working? And it was fantastic weather in France. My mom was like, Should we start to plant some stuff in the garden? I was like, What? <laughs> <laughs> and I started to realize, Shit, yeah. I'm really enjoying those things. And, oh, mom, you know, let, let's, uh we're, of course, we're trying to keep busy in weekends. Come on, what the heck are you doing? We're wow. like, started to paint. We started to, yes. you know, draw and
1: wow. yeah. So you we started so to much. connect with like the basic, like
0: all yes. the little
1: stuff, not mm-hmm. not like something special like a traveling or something big. Mm-hmm. Small little things
0: make, make you happy, right? Yes, and I I have to remind like why I say this, because I'm that type of person, if I don't have a, a next trip that is scheduled, yeah. I, you know, I feel bad, I feel like my, my life is not worth living, you know, I was that kind of person that was been focused so much on the future, what to yeah. do next, what's next, and then the fact that the world is at stop. Yeah, and so actually
1: my... that reassuring yourself to,
0: to know that people also
1: are in the same situation as you are, so you're mm-hmm. missing something Yes. like,
0: okay hmm For sure. Yeah, and you know that's also why social media can be very toxic. Yeah. It's like, oh this guy, these girls doing this, doing that. People are like, no, it doesn't affect me. Hey, come on, it affects everyone. Don't start with me. Of course, when you see somebody's enjoying their life and you there working nine to five, busting your ass off and you know, no 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 no. Come yeah. on. Of course it affects everyone. But yeah, I think it was as I said, COVID was the best thing. It was a realisation like whoa, living here and now makes me feel so good. But I experienced a lot of things, by the way, I wanted to talk about this, touch base on this. I experienced so many weird feelings when I was depressed. And so what I wanted to ask you, Anais, is what exactly happened to our body when we feel depressed?
1: Actually, you mentioned some of uh, really like symptoms of that, about depression. Like insomnia, you told me like you were had difficult to, to, to have good sleep and like persistent feelings of sadness, we felt like hope, hopelessness, we can actually be oversensitive also, really mm-hmm. irritated about stuff around us, about like when you talk to people, we felt like we, are not, we have no control um, of our emotions, we can not feel any interest about stuff, mm-hmm. activities we do activities we used to like, including those, yeah. Those who enjoyed, we, our appetite can really decrease and it can be accompanied by an extreme weight uh, loss or, contrary, like weight gain. We can sleep too much, too little, you know, like not enough. We can feel like an extreme fatigue, we can feel with restlessness, we can have inappropriate feelings or excessive feelings of guilt or felt like we don't worth it we have some trouble to make some decisions we can actually not take like really big decisions at this time uh. <laughs> we can have like feeling some difficulties to, to concentrate like to oh yes in a book or something like if you like mm. to read it can be a really little difficult to even write something
0: and on that point i want to say that this yeah. i can really relate to yeah concentrating or like doing an activity i remember during the depression was impossible i used to be that girl i love to write stuff and journaling and write down what i was gonna do it was not even possible to read a sentence from a book and people were like you know oh if you're not feeling good maybe you can try to read the only thing i could do was like binge watch some dead series or stuff that i've been watching in the past yeah
1: so your brain needs to be like disconnected about everything like for you to cognitively connect it like this is really exhausting for someone who's feeling depression so yeah you need to like take your well there's step violence step. this is really important and even to write something you can tell people okay write your feelings down but at the beginning it can be really tricky for a person yeah. depression to do that know. at the beginning actually so mm. you need to be really patient and Take it slow. Do things in your in your rating, Right? You can have yeah. like multiple thoughts of death, like you mentioned, and suicide like, attempt also. So yeah. So these
0: are the like
1: feelings we can feel when we feel depressed.
0: I see. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure the thing is like all these symptoms. I know they really lead to so many, yeah, outcome. Like yeah. as I said. Yeah. So, uh, yeah,
1: you told about like living on autopilot. So you felt like you were surviving the day, like it was really difficult for you to, to just wake up, right? Or just yeah. feel all the things you were doing during the day, to feel them. And I didn't feel anything. Yeah. Said, yeah. So like... you were not a, like an actor of your life. You were, not at all. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So this is really like the symptoms can lead to that kind of uh, way of living and you were also lying to yourself you can lie to yourself like to other about uh, how you feel you want to just put a mask and just smile and just not mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah i am and professional <laughs> at that <laughs> so yeah it can be really really tricky for people who feel inside inside like to show to people that so you, you actually when you lie to yourself you are not aware that you're lying <laughs> it's yes, like something you are willing to do so yeah so you start to isolate yourself from others because it demands you a lot of energy to just keep your mask on and pretend that everything is okay yeah we can also try to overcompensate in activities to not leave space for our own thoughts so we can start to do a lot of things it's better for like people with their to do a lot of activities to not be able to uh, confront our, our their thoughts. People who can feel depressed can also decrease their self-esteem. You can feel like they are not able to do some stuff anymore. It's really difficult for them to be productive in activities. So they feel like they have no the ability to handle daily activities. Really simple. So it's okay. Don't blame yourself. And you, you can also feel the need to avoid your friends to contact. It's really difficult for you to or go dinner to with someone, like just have like a, a normal day with friends. It's really, really tricky. So yeah. it's okay. Be really gentle to yourself. It's gonna be better when you, like, I don't know, like when you take a decision to take care of your little pet or something. So yeah,
0: use- yeah, yeah. That I think it's really relevant, like isolating yeah. yourself. And I think like in a way. It should be also, I mean, not to say that you, of course, somebody that isolates themselves doesn't necessarily mean they're depressed or anything, but that can also be, a, yeah, a key point for those friends to realize, okay, maybe something is going on here and try to dig a little bit deeper if they can. Just that's a simple thought I just came up with. But that's, I think, in a way, it's like if you see somebody, your friend that you're used to see a lot is like, no, I can't meet, la, 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 you know, like, if they start to be a bit this way, maybe that can be a sign that you guys yeah. can act on, right? Yeah, yes.
1: Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, so you, you mentioned something really important. And, like, so if you have a friend who, yeah, you, you feel like she's avoiding it or something, don't blame her. Like, you can check on her and say, okay, everything is good. And here, if you want, like, I don't hesitate to call the need, or, like, really pay attention to the kind of, lack of um, attitude. This is very really important to be mentioned. I also forget to, to say friends who living, like someone who's having depression can have a lack of negative view of the future or of the world or experiment difficulties to perceive the future positively. She feel she can feel like she has no future or something. So it's really important for her life to be surrounded with people who can be, like, it and just tell them that they are here if she needs not to put some pressure on her, but to just let her know that you are here and pay attention to what she's going
0: through. And at the end of the day, depression affects so much the brain. And, and yeah. that's actually that's also why, in a way, you can forgive those friends who are being a little yeah. bit negative and, you know, like, I want to be alone because in some ways, I'm sure like we're it's it's not something you can control. And that's yeah. uh, the, the next question I wanted to ask you actually, Anna, is but like, how is depression affecting our brains?
2: Actually, there was a new study from Australian National University that examined the coexistence between anxiety and depression. And here, what they saw was there was three parts of the brain that appeared to have a major role in depression. So for example, try to imagine that you have your brain, in there you have the hippocampus, the amygdala and the prefrontal cortex all right so now think of like the hippocampus is being in the middle of of your brain and that place basically stores the memories and regulates the production of the hormones called cortisol for those who don't actually know what the cortisol is it's a hormone that you produce when you're stressed so the more you're stressed the more cortisol you produce Anyway, from there, the body release cortisol during time of a physical and mental stress, including the time of depression. For example, you can have a problem that occur an excessive amount of cortisol that will be sent to the brain due to any kind of stressful events. Then you got like a chemical new balance in your body. So for example, take a healthy brain. Brain cells, so the neurons, are produced throughout a person's adult's life in a part of the hippocampus called the dental gyrus. So, for example, you take people with depression. The long term of exposure to cortisol will actually start to slow the production of those neurons and cause the neurons into the hippocampus to shrink. So this can lead to memory issues and so on so that's how it can affect the brain and also then you have the other part of the brain called the prefrontal cortex that is located in the very front of the brain think like that part being like your forehead almost this place is responsible for regulating your emotions this form new memories and when the body is exposed to an excessive amount of cortisol that specific part of the brain so, the prefrontal cortex will also appear to shrink. One of the other part of the brain that is also touched is what we called the amygdala. And that part is to facilitate the emotion response, the pleasure and the fear, for example. And if you take people who live with depression, that specific part of the brain becomes enlarged and more active as the result of a constant exposure of a high level of cortisol. So basically the enlarged part of the amygdala and hyperactive along with the abnormal activity in other parts of the brain can result in disturbance in like sleep deprivation for example and pattern activity. Pretty much think of like this. The coexistence of depression and anxiety has been linked to poor health outcomes. So you can get severe symptoms due to it, like inadequate job performance or high level of suicidal thoughts. So this is how your brain can be affected by depression.
0: So that's why when people are telling me, it's in your head, I'm like, it is in my head. It's my brain is operating that crazy mechanism. And thank you so much, Anais, for sharing this. So interesting, I think.
1: So yeah, so... That's why when you, you cannot ask someone who feels depressed to, to to function the same way of someone who's not feeling feeling it. So that's why we need really to be really gentle and patient with with people feeling that way, and even though they don't know the way they feel that way. So always be gentle, always be kind.
0: <laughs> yeah it's not easy also to realize some people they would never realize that they are depressed but okay but what should i do of course not everybody has the luxury like me to be seeing a doctor and the doctor saying you got to do therapy not everybody gets that actually luck i would say so nice the next question i have for you is can you guide us through what basically to do when you realize that you're being depressed because not only, I guess you walk us through, through a lot of symptoms that you get when you're depressed. And I guess whoever is listening probably has those or somebody that is listening that knows somebody that feels that way. And I'm sure not only a therapist can tell whether you're depressed or not, yourself also can feel like, like right now I'm really going through a depression. It doesn't need to be diagnosed necessarily to start to act on it. What do you have to say about this? What should somebody that feels depressed do?
1: Yeah, so you can consult a health professional, like a doctor who will advise you to take psycholo- a psychologist or psychiatrist. Do not hesitate to change if you don't feel comfortable with the person you meet. You need to feel like you can trust them and you need to feel comfortable. So you can make this decision if you feel it and if you're ready to. Remember that it doesn't make you weaker to ask for health. But mm-hmm. rather the opposite. It shows that you are brave to do so and take care of and you want to take care of the material. It's really important to invest in that. If you don't have the possibility to to consider much try to reach out to a relative. But there is some like point to consider to when you want to open to a relative. Like the is not recognized by certain cultures or generations and or mm-hmm. like person a person cannot really understand it so it might be not good another good at it to open to a person that might not be able to understand you so try to choose someone that would not be judgmental like you think would be like open and patient and have an active like ear to like to listen to you and the listening skills actually and maybe live a similar life experience don't expect your relative to understand what you're going through like try to not have any any expectation on someone and not every one has the same sensitivity or compassion. Try to be understand. Try to know that in advance and to understand that it doesn't mean that they don't love you, and it's not personal to you. Like they are just, they are just who they are, and it's totally fine. It's totally fine.
0: Yeah, and I think it's really interesting because now you talked about, you know, certain cultures, mm-hmm. and you talked about generation, generation, and I think that's a yeah. really good thing yeah. to mention because. In that sense, I feel like sometimes my parents' generation, the baby boomers. Yeah. You know, I mean, what the heck? You're gonna start to talk about burnout? They're gonna be like, what this? Yeah. What is this? What you know, this depression. Exactly. It's not a thing. It's in your head. That's yeah. very common, guys. Just be mindful that this is a very common thing that the generation before is not probably able to understand, and that's yeah. fine, as you said, Anis. I think, but it's good to have that in mind that. It would, it's not personal. It's not necessary. That they don't believe you, but they just don't have standpoints of examples because exactly. in their generation there wasn't such a thing. Because you know what? Before you felt bad, well, suck it on, you know. But then somehow people developed cancer and died. That's how far it can go. Like it's serious to mm-hmm. have a problem with your mental health, and that's why you really got to stay mindful that this is definitely a possibility that your family is not going to understand what you're going for. And culture-wise, it's the same. I know, for example, come on, in the Caribbean culture, you say you're depressed. What the fuck? It is not a thing there. And and it, I'm not judging anything. My father is from the Caribbean, and I can tell you, if I would tell him I'm depressed, he would laugh. And he himself actually is uh, bipolar. He's been diagnosed by health professional, and the guy's denying to death that he has that, that he needs to take care of his mental health. But yeah, so thank you to share that one, because I think it's really something that the listener should know in case they are depressed or they know somebody who is depressed, Mm. that's the tips that you can share. Yeah. Yeah. And you spoke about people we can open to and so on, and friends that might be surrounded by relatives who are like actually experiencing depression, but what are the aspects that are important to pay attention to this case because for me I didn't have that problem because I said my husband was very understanding supportive my mom also was I didn't share much with my brother because I said for me he's my role model and I felt like you know he's the tough guy I didn't feel like I could really share in deep what I had in my heart because I felt ashamed to say that to him but of course, like not everybody is that lucky again. What should people consider? What are the aspects that we should pay attention to in this case, when, when opening to people?
1: First of all, I want just to specify something important, like even though your family are not able to understand you or like emotionally, I think capacity to understand you or you are not alone. You can find someone you can t- talk about it, like, you're not alone, just, I want you to specify that. And when you talk to your relative, like, I want you just to answer the question about the people who are living with a person, or people who know a person who believes that, don't force her to open up to you. Just try to let them know that you are here, you're available when they want, and they can reach you out to whenever they feel they are ready to talk. Try to keep your eyes open in case the subject will, like portray excessive depression, for example, like suicidal thoughts. Try to to be aware of that, like to have an eye open about this, and try also to, like the
0: question was,
1: how can I advise people who are
0: living with
1: people who feel depressed, right?
0: Yeah, the, the question was like. What do you recommend to the families, friends that are surrounding by the relative depressed? What should they consider? So, yeah, it might be
1: that you're not able to relate or understand what the person is going through. So remember that it's okay. It's not it's okay to not to not understand. So try to just give them don't try, sorry, to give them the opinion, your opinion. Sometimes just listening can help. So try to be just curious and ask questions about how we feel? Just check on him or her in the morning. How they feel? And try to congratulate the person who feels depressed when they they do something they couldn't do it do do
0: before. Like just yeah. I think that's a that's a really good point here. Like in depression you got to understand you're like starting from scratch it's like feeling like yeah. a baby again in a way so yeah like yeah. in the beginning maybe just even taking a shower is yeah. super hard for or, the person go, so or
1: go, yeah or go outside to just take the mail or just yeah yeah it's really like difficult it demands a lot of effort so try to not be judgmental about this kind of stuff because taking small steps is the beginning of like bigger steps So try to mm-hmm. congrats for like really sincerely it's not like a fake congrats it's really sincere like really it's a good
0: thing yeah just uh, tap that. on the shoulder and yeah. job today uh, right. it's a that's win
1: great. yeah it's a win actually like it's a victory that's true and if you like if you feel like the person is not being rational everyone is different and might be sensitive to things that you might not comprehend. so don't try to be judgmental about what she feels what she's thinking and give the person the time to recover depression is a very very long process that requires patience and try to have an open ear when they need to, to talk when they're ready try don't try to give them solution especially in the beginning of the depression what they yeah need.
0: i was gonna say that yeah, um, especially especially in the beginning, yeah. yeah they need to,
1: to feel you that you are pe- empathic, Just. Listen. Take the time to acknowledge their pain, and let them know that you understand what they're going through. It's it's good to encourage a person when you see, yeah, like we said, it's small victories, and it's natural way. It's a natural way for the person who is depressed to feel ashamed of the situation so don't try like to scream out loud what she's feeling like don't try to point the finger why are you feeling this way this is ridiculous don't say the this kind of thing. you might need them to not always reach out to you by fearing that they are bothering you with their depression if you feel that you can take the time to ask how they are avoid comparing these their cases to anyone like comparison is a very like toxic thing Everyone is different, everyone processing things differently, processing their emotions differently. So try to just be respectful about what they're sharing with you and just to, to be with them with compassion and love.
0: So that's um, and I just wanted to get back on the point you just mentioned before, when yeah. you said that some people can feel ashamed. I mean, I was definitely one of them. And there are two things I wanted to say about several points you mentioned. One was that if you feel like, Oh my God, that person is really a pain in the ass right now. I cannot deal with that person in that sense. It's better you say nothing because you know what? Sometimes say nothing is better than saying what you have in your mind because that's difficult. You know, when somebody is putting you down, when you're already under the ground, it's very difficult to handle. Yeah. Like in the sense, if you're frustrated, keep your frustration for yourself because we don't wanna hear it. When you're depressed, you're not ready to hear these things. So keep it for yourself and try to just let it be, or just be honest, you would say. For example, sometimes honesty can also help. Say, look, I don't relate to what you're going through right now. Doesn't mean I don't love you. It doesn't mean I don't care about you. It just means I I can't relate. Mm -hmm. And I prefer to say that to you so that you feel like, that's that's right that right now I'm not the person you can share with, you mm-hmm. know, but that's I, true. I, yeah, like that's, that can also be something good because I can understand. And also remember, depression is really long. For me, yeah. it took a year to come out of the hole, but for some people, it takes years. For some people, it takes very long, depending on the trauma also, right? I mean, trauma can lead to depression for years. And some people, including me, if that would happen, don't have that patience. They don't mm-hmm. have that patience and it's yeah. totally normal. That's why depression can also really break your relationship. And I wouldn't be lying to you. It has affected my relationship when I went through depression, because imagine your partner that has to deal with that on a re- for a year. Yeah. It's definitely going to have an impact on whatever relationship you have with whoever you're living with. Remember this. So if you are a person living with a depressed other person, Remember, if you can't handle it, better you re-guide them to talk to somebody else or say, look, right now, I cannot take this. That it's not personal.
1: That, that's, this is so important that you mention yes. that. So, yeah, thank you for telling that because you, it's okay to not be able to understand the person you love. It's okay. It's not like you don't feel, you don't need to blame yourself about it. It's okay. So... Yeah, now I'm talking to people who wants to help the relative with the first. So this is really important to say that. And if you wanna help, you can say stuff like, how are you feeling today? Checking like, up, on oh, this the person during the morning or during the day, just have a little text and say, hi, I'm thinking of you, I hope you're doing okay. What can I do for you? I'm here for you, like stuff like that. Words can really help if you wanna, yeah, if you wanna have a little, little advice to, know how to can you can talk to this kind of person what can you help her or him you can also say i'm listening to you i know you can control it you will get through this i'm not giving what you're going through but this must be really hard yeah yeah. you can like show mm. them that you're being really understanding, understanding and, yeah yeah and and um, and you can say you will get through this like encouraged and i feel you yeah, so try, like you said before, try to avoid sentence like, it's not a big deal, get over it, like, everybody has trouble, people are living worse, stuff like that. This can be not helpful and not at all. Can destroy the person, like, destroy the, their the little steps they made, like, even if it's true for you, the person can feel more depressed when you she's hearing this kind of sentence and feel guilty about why she's feeling this way or why he's feeling this way and why he's having difficult time to like has not the capacity to get through this and this might not help to feel love support and encourage. so mm-hmm. can feel like increasing his sentiment of loneliness so yeah try to, to be very compassionate and or not say or say nothing at all if you're not feeling it mm-hmm.
0: exactly yeah. And I mean, at the end of the day, uh, as you say, it's like people who are depressed, they don't need your, ah, also something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> trying, yeah something really important. I forgot to mention like, yeah. you know, when somebody is in the beginning of the, their depression and people want to help. And that's really important. I think like something we, we did not mention here is when they're like, maybe you can try this, try that, try this. First of all, take a step back. People who are depressed, they don't want to hear your advice. You know why? Because their ear is not ready to hear what you have to say. They are not ready for what's the plan. Right now, they are just grieving their depression. They don't want to hear your tips and tricks to go on and try to move on from the depression. It's not like they don't want, but you rather feel, especially in the beginning of the depression, it's rather that you want to have an empathic ear rather than somebody that's like, yeah, I know about here, how you feel, but like, what about you try this? I think it's better to check where the person is a little bit before mm-hmm. you start this, like, oh, try this, try that. Because as as Anna said very well, and I, I can relate to this, is the fact that when you are depressed, you can't do shit. Even the simple things of life that means nothing to you, means the world to us. Those who are depressed, like she said, taking a shower, going out just for a quick walk, or cooking—like those things—that
2: doesn't, doesn't mean they are like uh,
0: weak persons. No, no, really
1: that doesn't mean that they have no capacity. They have capacity. They—it's not like they are—they're just like they are reborn. They are like it's like a newborn. And it's okay. It's okay just just go back to the basics and take things slow, like in your rhythm. That's really important to listen to yourself. So, exactly.
0: Yeah.
1: But yeah. That, anyway, that, like don't just treat what like they're all like yeah. They ha-
0: they can do shit like no 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 no, of course don't do that. <laughs> That's horrible. No, no, no. But of just course like sure. you know, it's sure. not about being weak here. I think as you, you already mentioned this, but I think it's important to re mention it when you're depressed. It's not about you being weak. Of course, you just got to start from scratch because you've hit the bottom. Mm. And that's okay. You know what? I would tell you, yeah, for sure. Me, I used to work out hard like a crazy person and going every day, whether I was sick, whether I felt bad, whether I had a migraine, I was like, let's go. And today, if you want to hear my opinion, is it good? No. It is not good to to do those kind of things. Should listen to your body, because that's a healthy approach to training, for example, and to life. Self-care is life. So if you're not taking care of yourself, like basics, sleeping enough, eating well, exercising, taking care of yourself. If you're not doing those bases, it's going to lead to probably feeling depressed. Or if you're ignoring your problems and your traumas, at some point, guys, don't you worry, it's going to crawl back at you. And the fact that you've been ignoring it for so long, it's going to take a harder hit than ever. So sometimes it's better to, and it's not easy, because I'm talking about trauma, which I'm dealing together with my therapist today, but I think it's hard, of course, to take that step back until you like reach the wall and be like, okay, shit, I'm depressed. That's it. It's hard to do that before it happens, but you can avoid it. To not end up into a depression is taking care of those basis as i said the basic of life mm-hmm. sleep well taking care of your trauma making sure you're fine listening to your body which i've been the worst person on earth i've got i don't know four injuries because my coach would be like you're working out too much this is not gonna be good you're gonna be injured and guess what he was right 100 percent. and today i changed the way i'm thinking today about everything not only training to anything in my life okay right now i'm stressed because of work Let's take a step back and see what I can do so I don't end up being stressed and wake up in the middle of the night like I used to.
1: Exactly. And the capacity you have to just stand back and say, okay, now something's going on, something's not good is going on. This is really good because when back then you didn't have this capacity. Right? Oh, no. So just to check, okay, something's going on here, what's going on, and try to put words on emotions words on you, your way, feeling what can be what can be improved yeah so this is the good skills you developed
0: so that's more what happened after the depression I hope you guys don't need to <laughs> I don't I hope you guys don't need to be depressed to learn the deal here is to trying to even for those who've never been depressed guys just listen to your body that's just a point and then of course we're talking about what happened after depression how you are using it as a lesson but if I can go back, and I have a question for you. I was thinking, what should one consider in the beginning of the depression, for example? What should they tell themselves? What should they re- remember and keep in mind?
1: Yeah, what, like what you said, like be really patient with yourself. Don't you try to burn any steps, focus on the day. It's day by day. Okay? Live here and now. Like, try to live in the moment. This is not easy. You need to learn mm. it. So it's okay if you... Tr- try and build at the beginning it's normal try to be patient with that and also try to be realistic and have reachable goals like such as getting out the bed if yesterday you spend the day in the sleeping the other day you will try to just get up, okay and this will be huge this will be amazing it's okay or just take a shower if during the day you didn't take any shower you will do it during the night or something it will it's a great thing. Don't try to over like commit not, don't try like to overcommit yourself or others. If you have commitments and if, if you feel like you will not reach them it's okay. Try to know these commitments or don't try to do that with others. You're not ready for that. It's okay. Because it might lead you being disappointed and ashamed. So if you're not here don't try to get in here. Try to set up boundaries with your, with your relative. Make them understand where you stand at the moment and what you think you cannot do for now. This can help others to understand you better and you will feel, feel better to say that loud because you will acknowledge where you are right now, where, in what point you are. Try to avoid any activity that might increase you a bit of anxiety. For example, if you are at work, and they expect you to do some stuff okay try to acknowledge that here you cannot do this thing so this was a good, really good thing that you mentioned that you went to the doctor appointment to so have a huge break and just yeah yeah so this
0: and i is, mean it's also here i mean like you mentioned that now that to set up boundaries yeah uh, and then also avoid any activities that like increase the stress level yeah. but I mean, guys, some people can be depressed and can't be on sick leave. It's not like me. I was like uh, almost a month and a half away from work. And then when, of course, I came back, like I could say to my boss, "Okay, this is what I can do. But guys, if you're not feeling good and you think that your boss can understand that you are feeling bad, try to be honest with them. Play the honesty card. Reach out to them and be like, "Okay, boss, like, I don't know, Henrik, hello, Henrik, like, I actually feel really bad lately. I just wanted to say that right now, I feel like my workload is a little bit too much. Do you think, do you think I can get help? Or do you think you can help me or? Actually,
1: actually you you need, first of all, to to be able to to say this kind of thing to yourself first. This is not Mm -hmm. easy to tell about it to your
0: boss, if even yourself, have some for sure for sure no no no, of um, course and but you can put it in a different way you can just explain like look i felt very you can just talk about stress i mean sure sure and i mean that's a message for those who feel like they can share to their boss that's what i said like it's i'm not saying yeah guys you should talk to no 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 like (laughs) what i'm saying is (laughs) what i'm saying is easy like if you feel like you can open to your boss, you don't need to say look i'm depressed no You don't need to say it. Also, we're in a work environment. We know what those words means. You don't want to get fired or something. Just keep it simple. Say, look, I'm a little bit stressed lately. Is it okay? How do you think you can help me? Or do you think somebody can help me? Or do you think you can help me? Because that helps. That takes a little bit, uh, some weight off your shoulders as well. If you can, if you cannot, of course, you do what you can. But I think sometimes if you can afford it, good to take a sick leave. If you cannot afford it well do what you can but i mean you talked about activities that can uh, rise or increase the level of anxiety you have i would tell you apparently for those who work out a lot and have very like high intensity i don't know six times five times a week with very heavy loads and so on just re- keep in mind it's good to exercise very healthy and we'll come to it but to a certain level. Actually, what you do when you work out your body with, for example, very heavy uh, loads, is that you're stressing your muscle and therefore are stressing your body. So keep in mind that excessive training can actually lead to stress. And if you're already feeling depressed, stressed, burned out, reduce the way, yeah. either change the way you're training or train a bit less or be a bit more mindful of how you feel, that was my problem as well I should have known better if you have anxiety in the night you can't sleep you've sleep deprived for a freaking three months going five times a week to the gym is it reasonable that always ask yourself the question mm-hmm. is this reasonable yeah because that's not reasonable of yeah course. and even
2: when, with your
1: appetite like with your alimentation you need to have a good also alimentation. so that's not something really easy for people feeling depressed so yeah you need to acknowledge this stuff and just, yeah, like you said, reduce it, like, just one per week, or just reduce, reduce the time you are running, and just, yeah, try to both listen to your body, and how you feel inside, this is really important.
0: Well, of course, if you feel like that is doing good to you, like, running right now is your, is your way to feel better, yeah, I mean, you just have to find a middle ground here, it's like, exactly, exactly. I'm not saying become lazy, stop working out, that's not what I'm saying, I'm saying just adapt your training to your stress level that's it like keep in mind that it might affect your stress level
1: yeah yeah this is really important to analyze your, your state of mind this is very important. there will be days where you will feel right and others where you will be it will be harder for you it's part of the process so really be patient with yourself do you have another question
0: My- yes uh, I do have a lot of questions, <laughs> girl. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we are. Pick it
1: up. <laughs> <here. There's
0: laughs> <really> no question. <laughs> so, so, what I wanted to ask also, we talked about what to do later when you feel like the situation is getting a little bit better. We talked a little bit about it earlier, taking basically the depression as a lesson. Yeah. So, my question is how about later? When do you feel that the situation has improved? What are the steps to follow, what do you recommend? Okay, so structure
1: and discipline uh, are the key to, to come out of depression.
0: So mm-hmm. it's
1: really important for you to focus on getting back into a routine where, where you will feel very comfortable, routine where you will feel safe, like really have a position that you build up for yourself. So you can write also, write down, Writing down stuff when you feel ready is a very good tool. For example, to keep a, a journal with your daily, weekly goals, or even a gratitude journal, like notes stuff uh, you are thankful, you were thankful during the day or during the week. Uh, mm-hmm. You can also note the stuff that make make you feel down, and also the stuff that made you feel like better, have some pleasure, so you can know better what makes you feel good and and contrary what me to
0: sad. Um, yeah. Uh, on too. that I just wanted to say that's actually yeah. something I've I have done. Really? It really helped me. <laughs> as I told you in the beginning, I couldn't just write one word, but of course yeah. as time went and I started to feel a bit better and so on.
2: Yeah.
0: And feel like I have yeah. the yeah the energy, the the capacity to do it, I started to write down and basically Keep it simple. We're not asking you to write a diary of yeah. 45 pages each day. Like, this is not a right? New page.
1: And yes,
0: I mean, even if the, the,
1: the sentence is not structured, like, just mm-hmm. put it down. Put it down. All your feelings. Put it down. All your thoughts. It's okay. It's okay. It doesn't have to be like beautiful. It has to you be just your, your personal journal. Mm-hmm.
0: I think it's really good. Like for me, what helped was like to write literally three things that made, yeah. why I was grateful for the day. And then every Sunday I'll sit down and I will write, okay, what are the... I would never talk about goals next year. It will be very focused on here and now and at furthest the next week. So I would write what are my goals of the week, what I want to do, how I'm gonna work out this week. Yeah. Um, Like spiritually, how do I want to feel? Basically, I, I don't have it right here right now, but I, I have a small book, and I write this down. It takes yeah. no second. Basically, for me, every Sunday would take uh, ten minutes, yeah. and then this is written down. And and every day, every yeah. evening, I would sit down, write the, those three reasons why I was grateful, and that helped me to stay focused on here and now and feel yeah. better.
1: That's a really good thing. And also, so I insist about reachable goals. Okay. So, it's okay if you did some goal, like you write it down some stuff, and at the end of the day you didn't reach them. Okay, try to just readjust, or it can be just for the day after. It doesn't have to be the week at the beginning. Right? Mm-hmm, exactly. Day after, like, okay, tomorrow I, w- I wish I could do some stuff, stuff do different kind of stuff. And you don't have to have a lot of stuff, also. You can try the threes, three goals try to listen to yourself and to to adjust. You told people like, exercise. Like, it really helps you to fight against depression. So this is a really good thing. So if you didn't um, try to do that, try to incorporate exercise in your daily routine in a way that you will feel comfortable. So this this is really important too. You can also have, like, positive information towards you and your life, and to repeat them to yourself, especially when the, the anxiety episode of coming up or when you feel depressed when you feel down you can just repeat them to yourself to have some positive talk, self-talk for example you can say yeah i'm strong i'm beautiful i got this you can also take the time to write them down in your journal or in visible speakers to remind yourself on a daily basis you can put them in the mirror during the morning when you...
0: and ace i just want to talk quickly back about yeah. a bit. you talked about the uh, exercises Yeah, yeah, and that's another thing. Every link that would be uh, related to a a study that has been made, I will put it into my Instagram on Linktree, so then you guys can actually consult it. Mm -hmm. But something I wanted to mention, for example, was uh, apparently in 2013 there was a study uh, by Harvard Medical School that was done that basically exercise helps to fight depression, and in some cases can be as good as an antidepressant drugs. Mm-hmm. So I know, for example, in the U.S., they're really into this. Like you go to your psych- psychiatrist and yeah. they would just prescribe you tons of... It's not always the answer. Remember, there is always natural way before you step into actually taking antidepressants. Then that's a, a step after, I would say. Like be open-minded and see all the natural way to try to fight depression. And you've been mentioning a lot of things like having positive yeah. affirmations and so on. And you also have a lot of other ways, like meditation, for example.
1: Yeah, yeah, this is true. It's a great tool, meditation, actually, that, I can, that can help you to disconnect and, and feel present in the moment. So this is a really good thing to do. To go back to, to the school things, you can feel that like really down, do it when you're ready, when you feel it, when you feel like you need Just try to to do it with someone. If you, you cannot do it by yourself, but at the beginning, try to a friend or to a member of the family if you, they want to run with you, or if somebody asks you to run, try to say yes and explain that where you are and how many times you can run actually. So just to mention something.
0: Yeah, that's don't overcommit either, but yeah, I guess yeah. you said. If that you mean... cannot do it by yourself, try to try to do it with someone it's always out. more fun anyway to yeah, have a, a partner workout <laughs> for uh, me it was like working out is a passion but not everybody is feeling this way you okay. basically <laughs> do that have, yeah. like but i mean that's a good point you talk about training with somebody but also reaching back to the environment the people that we hang out with and so on guys if you know somebody is a bit on the uphill of their depression and you know that actually working out could help them, you can always say, hey, dude, you know what? Tomorrow I'm going for a run. Reach out for a hand. Because that's also a very helpful way to do it, guys. Then you feel like, oh, shit, I'm being seen also. Yeah. Like, people see me. Yeah. Not only, like, people want to work out with me. People see me and it makes you feel better as well.
1: Yeah, and you will feel the invite to do it again. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so it will improve. So it's okay if you don't stick with it. But it will be the beginning of, of something that, that might continue and it will it will change your like your routine you will do something new you will do instead in spite of like staying in the bed or something so it will be it will be a really good thing for you to go back to different things which can help you you can also listening to elevating an inspirational podcast you said it before Elodie, that you were using that inspirational podcast that's important to you yeah it's important to, to change your environments because some stuff can remind you why you're feeling depressed or they can remind you bad memories and you can associate them to what you feel. So it's important for you mm-hmm. to, to change the environment to have an environment where you feel good. For example, like removing anything in your home that might remind you of a tragic events or painful memories. You can also do re- redecorate your flat, like Put on the band every clothes remind you of a bad period of your life or something and try to to just renew yourself with new clothes like colorism or go
0: shopping <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean yeah. uh, be, be, uh, yeah, but i mean true. of course i think it's really good it is that's very good true. because when you change the environment when you redecorate yeah. a room you feel like it's new me like it is. Hmm? It is. that yeah. definitely
1: and, and you, will be, you will feel like you're actor of what you're doing. You feel like you have the control of something. So that's mm-hmm. good.
0: And that's also a little yeah. project.
1: Yeah, it is, it is. Mm-hmm. And you can also practice self-care, like like try to revive your sensuality, for example, like to cook some good meals for yourself or for your mm-hmm. family or for your friends and enjoy some nice music. Try to enjoy music that you really feel like... Elevating. See, yeah, if you want to dance or something. So turn on some nice candles in your environment that can be like really relaxing. This can help too. You. you can, if you like it, you can go for a message The goal is for you to create a safe, uh, healthy
0: environment for yourself. Yeah, um, I mean, not everybody can go on a massage because, hey, God yeah. knows it's expensive. But if it you is. can have a, a <laughs> if you have a partner, just do that. Like yeah. you know ask them, like, can I get a massage? Like, yeah. that's, it's those things. And I mean, if you're not able to do that, at least you're... Like, let try to do... relax yourself.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, try to do stuff for, to feel relaxed. Take a warm shower. You mm-hmm. might also book a trip. Do something by yourself. Do something you always dream of and book a trip to a destination that you really like. You can also do that when the COVID will and You can also <laughs> Uh, try new activities also. Spoil yourself. Spoil yourself. This is important to think about in yourself. Spoil yourself, um, offer you some gifts, some hairstyle. Yeah, just, yeah, reveal your image. Reveal your image. This is important. That makes you feel happy when you look in the mirror. Back, you look to work on your self image.
0: Yeah, it really boosts your self confidence to do that. Dress yeah. up. Put on some extra effort into your makeup today put yeah. some lipstick put some nail polish i mean stupid things you don't think of you you don't that's think that's right. gonna make a big change but i think for sure like as i explained earlier i had a bit hard to look at myself in the mirror my self-confidence was brought down to so little i lost every self-confidence i used to have and sweden d- did that to me because of course when you're not speaking your native language and all these factors that mm. reduced my self-confidence already but then after the depression it was reduced to zero yeah. and yeah. I think as you said buying new clothes and trying to pamper myself a little bit and, and put on some makeup and yeah, yeah this, this kind of true. thing really helps. Kind
1: of things help, and it, it would like reprogram your mindset like it would like change the way you think of, about yourself and this is important after deep depression to to install things that make you feel happy, things that make you feel good. Yeah, so it will help you also to get to know yourself better, but to be able to pay attention, like to do things that make you, feel like, I how to say that correctly. When you will spend a lot of time with yourself by doing stuff that you enjoy to do, it will help you to rebuild your Identity because after the depression, you can just feel the crisis of your identity. So it will help you to
0: get to know you better. This is really important. Yeah, totally. I can really relate to what you just said, actually.
1: And I will just go back to one thing we mentioned before about the, fe- the fact to write down all the things that helped you to feel better during the day. It will help you to know when you will approach stuff that might red- redirect you to negative emotions. It will h- help you to be alert for any signs that might lead you to the old pattern of the depressions. Mm-hmm. You no. Know? So this is important to write those things down so you can the brain can just say, Oh, just don't go there. Like,
0: yeah. All you know? the trigger points, uh, avoid all the trigger points. Exactly. Exactly. But I think, as you said, get to know yourself is spending time with yourself and do things that you like, to rewrite basically the new you, who you were or who you want to become. And that's things that also comes naturally. The most important is to be aware of those. Yeah, to it is. recognize. It is. I know for a fact that as soon as I become a bit stressed, yeah. the way it goes is that then at night, I wake up in the middle of the night. And I know when this starts to happen, this is not good. The day after, I sit down, I'm like, okay, what can I do so I, it doesn't end up an old pattern, like it doesn't end up like it used to to, to be. Or for example, when I'm now, I feel I managed to come out of this depression. And of course, don't think that as soon as you're a bit sad, you're depressed. That's not uh, what we're telling here either. Like, so you will have ups and downs. Huh? For me, when I started to realize that I felt better, of course, I could really see the difference. But it doesn't mean that you're, and my therapist actually said that, doesn't mean you're sad during the process, mm-hmm. that you are necessarily depressed. Mm-hmm. Later, you will have those moments where you'll be sad. And of course, like that's just life. But of course, it's important to remember those trigger points that used to make you feel the way you felt before as a depressed person.
1: Yeah. And as you, to accumulate victories, try also to accept some challenges that my, my, the environment might offer you, because you have the capacity to do that. If you feel better at some point, you can say, okay, I can try to step up my goals. For example, you got up on the bed, you took a shower, you cooked meat for yourself, you bought some your clothes, like you are progressing, right? Mm-hmm. And then, if you feel the goals can be like elevated, try to
0: say no. Like the fear can stop you. You mean that you can put high goals, yeah. and you're capable of actually reaching them, but somehow because you're a bit worried and not sure, yeah, you I take a you step back. Fear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but I mean, good. I can really feel that way because it's been really like this for me on my fitness journey. Yeah. No, I know I'm super strong. But when I returned training, I was like, "Oh, can I do this?" Eating a lot, like, uh, so is this back like to
1: the old patterns that made you mm-hmm. in that situation before,
0: right? Yeah, exactly. So I, it's it's not easy to realize that either. But I think you're really limiting yourself a lot yeah. when you're depressed, especially right after you've been depressed. When you come back and you try to do new things, your self-confidence is probably not as it's. Uh-huh most <laughs> you're mm-hmm. not sure can i do this actually yeah of course i can do this and of course you can <laughs> do it
1: yeah yeah but that might be not easy so yeah it's okay just try it mm-hmm. try it and if it it, it can go well or it can go wrong, well, but you just at least you try and it will be another step and then you will readjust just register yourself okay yeah this might, i mean this was too early or this was okay <laughs> you know
0: Yeah, and I think it's uh, yeah, I think it's really good that you mentioned this because at the end of the day, it that's what life is about. What you learn by failing. There's no lesson out of winning. You learn by falling. You learn by mistakes. So it's always gonna be a life lesson, and it's always gonna take you further in life. So don't don't worry about you know failing. It's fine. You will fail in your life. You will fail. But it's always going to be a lesson at the exactly. end of the day.
1: And then you can set up boundaries with surroundings. You can say, okay, no, I'm not, and I'm, not, I'm not there yet, or not here mm-hmm. yet, okay. And put yourself first again, you know, when you can, in order to get to know yourself better by doing this kind of stuff, it will help you. It will help you to do, to do so.
0: Yeah, um, and it's something we we did not mention, and I think we will uh, conclude with that in a way. Yeah. Is the fact that. We're talking a lot about women, depression, but something that is not brought up a lot by society and by anything else is the fact that depression doesn't necessarily affect only women. Exactly. So what do you have to say about this? like?
1: Yeah, it's really important to consider that depression doesn't only affect women. Break the, this stereotype of toxic masculinity and remember that depression also affects men. It's a viral... It's vital for for society to stop normalizing the fact that men can also struggle with mental health. They should feel safe to speak up about it. That's why it's really important to acknowledge that and make them feel comfortable to talk about it. This is really
0: important to For sure, I can imagine it's very difficult. First, because society has built this yeah, yeah that stereotype of like guys being we can do it. We know we are not supposed
1: to cry. They're yeah, exactly.
0: And that's total bullshit at yeah. the end of the day because whether you're a man or a woman, uh, you might of course have different sensitivity, but it doesn't make you weak to be depressed. It doesn't make you weaker because you cried. I think it's rather is bold. You know what? People that actually men that can show their yeah, their sensitive side. Mm-hmm. Amen. I am man. <laughs> because no, really. it's it's freaking true. brave. Actually, anyone who can come up and deal with that, I think it's brave, whether you're a man or a woman. And I think I encourage anyone to and do it, it.
1: Yeah, and it can touch anyone. It can touch anyone. There, even a P.D. P.J.
0: Even like everyone can be offended. Like. Yeah, whether you're a CEO, whether you're a teenager, whether you're a kid, remember, it can happen to anyone and it doesn't make you weaker to work and, and deal with your mental health, because in mental health, there's health. So it means your health is not only your body. You know, it's not how you eat and how you work out. It's also how you feel in your head. Exactly. And that's like a one thing together. That's the health. Yeah. Uh, and don't
1: forget also to, to
0: love. Oh yes. Okay.
2: <laughs> that is really important. <laughs> no, my biggest so guys hey, That's so true. It is. It is.
0: Be your inner child. Yeah. And is. love. If you can love with people, just do it. Take the approach. Don't take life so yeah, serious. Exactly. I realize that's actually something I'm working on. 2021 <laughs> is the shit. I'm gonna love as soon as I can. Yeah. Of course, life is a serious thing, but it's also sometimes it's easier for me to handle the hard things of life yeah. sometimes it's better to laugh at it you exactly, know exactly.
1: because it doesn't it affect you so hard like, so that's good good <laughs> advice yeah it is it is it is important to just put a smile on it and say okay just making love of yourself but just try to, to not
0: dramatize things mm. it's, 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 it's wow <laughs> Thank you so much, Anaïsa. I mean, <laughs> this was incredible. What a journey. <laughs> I really hope. You know what? If that podcast helps one single person, I'll be freaking happy because at the end of the day, I don't do it for for the gram. I don't do it for the fame. I do it because I wanted to share this experience because I realized the outcome is just fantastic. Yes. And I am so grateful for the journey. And I'm so grateful. As I said, you never learn by wins you learn when you freaking fail when you fall down to the ground you learn and life lesson is just priceless of course i'm not wishing depression to anyone but i just wanted to remind you that there is a bright side behind that door you will at some point see the light again and it's difficult but there is always ways and i hope that whatever tricks and and tips and whatever we've said during this podcast and all of the amazing advices from Anaïs will help you to overcome depression or overcome anxiety or whatever that makes you feel uh, bad. And uh, thank you so, so much, Anaïs. I'm so grateful. And yeah, I hope to see you again for other topics. (laughs) Can't Can't wait. All right. Thank you so much, and I uh, hope you enjoyed Thank you for listening to Stronger Woman podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please take the time to rate it. And if you find a subject that could be interesting or relevant to talk about, please take the time to shoot me a message on social media. I'm available on both Facebook and Instagram under Stronger by Elodie. And just a reminder... The information provided during this podcast should not be a substitute for medical treatment or diagnosis. They are just tips and tricks.